0: Welcome to the Transformational Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Anam. My mission is to help you lead more effectively and be an agent of positive change in times of disruption. On this podcast, we interview practitioners and leadership experts and have coaching exercises that you can apply immediately to your work challenges. Together, we learn how to achieve success and create workplaces in a world that work better for all. It's my pleasure to invite um, Kurt Harrison to our podcast. Kurt is a partner for Russell Reynolds and co-head of their global sustainability practice. Russell Reynolds is a global leadership advisory and search firm with 46 offices in 26 countries. Welcome to the Transformational Leadership Podcast, Kurt.
1: Great to be here, Hannah. Thank you for having me.
0: So just for our podcast listeners, uh, we met at the World Economic Forum Sustainable Development Summit, and I'm really happy to have you on this podcast to talk about how to grow sustainable leaders in a world where we rapidly need to change our mindsets to really be able to thrive. One of the things that I talk about in my book, Wired for Disruption, is that this is really a decade of disruption. And one of the five forms of agility I talk about is stakeholder agility. And I absolutely loved what I read about sustainable leadership based on our conversation at the World Economic Forum and then subsequently when you and I connected. So I'd like to share with our audience something from the website that really personally energized me when I read it. Now, let me read it out loud. Sustainability has emerged as the defining issue of our time. There is now an urgent need for a new type of business leader, one who can deliver financial success while also making the long-term sustainability and resilience of our world a top priority. We call these people sustainable leaders. And so our conversation today is gonna be about how to grow sustainable leaders for stakeholder capitalism. So, Kurt, I'm excited that you get to work with boards and C-level leaders inside of organizations to help them discover how to grow these sustainable leaders. So, share what sets sustainable leaders apart.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Hannah. It's it's a great question and, and one that is not always easy to define, easy to identify, and easy to mentor and develop, as you said, growing these individuals be a key component of our success going forward. And I I love how you refer to in your book, Wired for Disruption, that this is the the decade of disruption. We partnered earlier this year with the United Nations Global Compact, and they are calling this the decade of action. So they are aligned with you, Hannah, Mm, uh, which is great great to hear. And so as we all know, the UN Global Compact is the organization that came up with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And these are meant to be achieved by 2030. And the UN Global Compact was founded in 2000 under the leadership of Kofi Annan. And as we hit 2020 this year, we are a decade away from the target goal for these SDGs to be executed and and implemented. And the UN Global Compact came to us last year, Russell Reynolds Associates, and said, we do not think we are on target to meet these sustainable development goals by 2030. We don't feel governments alone can drive this transformation. And in fact, it's going to require business globally to take on a leadership role in driving the successful implementation and achievement of the sustainable development goals. So we said, we agree, but we don't think that today's generation or maybe yesterday's generation of leadership embodied that sustainable mindset that's going to be required to lead the world forward. And so we set about doing a very um, interesting study in partnership with the UN Global Compact to discover what really defines a sustainable leader. So we identified 55 senior executives and board directors from around the world. And these were people who had demonstrated a track record, not only of significant management success and P&L success and commercial success, but to your point Hannah, were disruptors. They had transformed their businesses their boards, their organizations, in a way that made it much more sustainable and better positioned for success going forward and really future-proof their business. And we thought, if we can find out what makes these 55 sustainability pioneers, we call them, what makes them tick? What differentiates them from other best-in-class C-suite executives and board directors if we can identify that, we can then learn how to assess that, mentor that, develop that, and Hannah, as you said, grow that for the next generation of sustainable leadership. So we spent six months working on this, interviewing these people, and we came up with four key dimensions that are really hallmarks of a sustainable leader. So you asked, the question was, how do we identify and grow these people? It took a while to get there, but this is how we do it. So the four dimensions that we identified as being almost universally present in the sustainability pioneers, if you will, were these four. Number one, multi-level systems thinking. Mm. Okay, These individuals recognize the interconnectivity of the ecosystem in which their business operates. So they're not just looking at their business their company their industry their geography they're looking at much broader global themes that are eventually going to impact their industry and their company and their business so they're very forward thinking multi-level systems thinking they're naturally curious high levels of ambition and results oriented but really drawing in broader global perspectives and embedding that into their own corporate strategy. So that's number one, multi-level systems thinking. Number two, these leaders are very inclusive. They don't manage people, they include people. They consider multiple range and viewpoints to really drive decision-making and value creation. And they have very high levels of empathy and authenticity to go along with a a natural corporate and commercial acumen. So Mm -hmm. inclusive leaders, the day of the hegemonial, patriarch, dictatorial, CEO, those days are over. So Mm -hmm. very inclusive mindset, number two. Number three, again, going back to your point, Hannah, these are disruptive transformers, right? Very innovative. Everyone talks about transformation. It's very difficult to deliver. So these individuals uh, are have the courage to challenge traditional approaches. They refuse to accept the answer that that's how we've always done it. That is not acceptable to them. They ask the question, why can't we do it differently? So they seek out the best available information. They're comfortable not knowing all the answers in advance. And they identify novel, innovative, and transformational solutions that do away with the perceived trade-off between profitability and sustainability. The recognition now is that those two are inextricably linked. So these are disruptive, transformational executives. And then the fourth dimension that was pretty universal was a very long-term orientation. The definition of sustainability is long-term success. So these individuals were hyper-focused on long-term success of their organization. They are perfectly willing to make unpopular short-term decisions when they know that it will benefit the organization in the long run. They set very ambitious goals. They drive toward those goals, and they have the courage and resilience, if you will, to stay the course in the face of setbacks or internal resistance or even external resistance. So so multi-level systems thinking, stakeholder inclusion, disruptive transformation, and a long-term activation mindset. Those are the four key dimensions that we identified as being hallmarks of the next generation of sustainable leadership.
0: Mm. I'm glad that you shared both this perspective, this linkage of this is the kind of leader that we need to lead for a sustainable future for the planet and its people, but also a leader that will create long-term value for an organization, and uh, linking it specifically to the SDGs, the UN SDGs. So one thing that I'm curious about is there's a lot of sort of embedded assumptions that we have about who leaders are and what they do. And... I'm curious, based on your research, what are the assumptions about leadership that we need to let go of, very proactively let go of? It's sort of like, you know, in one of the forms of agility I talk about in the book is learning agility. And it's the ability to learn and unlearn and then relearn. What is this sort of unlearning that we need to have collectively about leadership and who leaders are?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think the most important one, and I think we've been focused on this for a long time. We partnered a few years ago with Hogan to develop a very proprietary leadership span, if you will. So these are dimensions that we measure C-suite executives against, as well as board directors. And what we found is that today's generation, and more important, the next generation of leaders needs to be very agile. They need to be able to pivot. They can't be one way all the time. So the days, again, of the autocratic, intuitive, gut leader, this is how we're going to do it, those days are over. Mm. And sometimes a leader needs to be heroic, and sometimes a leader needs to be reluctant. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a leader needs to be strategic, and sometimes tactical. So the old model of the plow ahead, stay the course, do not deviate. The world is just evolving so rapidly that the next generation of leadership must be much more agile, able to pivot as necessary to meet an evolving world. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, are there leaders that you can think of that all of us would know in the corporate space that really embody her, for you this kind of leader that you're talking about, who is a sustainable leader?
1: I think one name that gets mentioned quite a lot is Paul Polman, who Mm. is the former CEO of Unilever. And now he's also been involved in the World Economic Forum. He was part of the group that put together the SDG implementation. So he also has a tremendous track record of success in a corporate context. yeah, The one thing that people get nervous about is if we go, you you need to embed sustainability into your corporate leadership and your leadership mindset. They worry that that's going to detract from the commercial acumen and the revenue generation and the business proposition, right? That's always been the worry. Paul Pullman is the perfect example of someone who fully embraced the concepts of sustainability, the metrics around measuring and reporting against sustainability and ESG, and how those were actually commercially accretive to his business. So Unilever was a moonshot under Paul Polman. And the more he embedded sustainability into their corporate strategy, the more financially successful the firm was. So- I don't know, Paul. Our firm knows him quite well. We've done work for them. Unilever is a client. We love Unilever. But they are probably one of the most oft-mentioned firms in terms of embodying you know, the full embracing of sustainability and profitability, that the dual mandates of purpose and profit.
0: Yeah. And it strikes me, one of the things that is so inspiring to me, and he was part of that summit. One of the things that is so inspiring to me about it about him is that it's not just Paul Pullman, right? He actually transformed the culture of Unilever so that it's not just Paul Pullman at the top kind of making it happen from a sustainable leadership perspective, but that it requires the every single leader rank and file. And um, Lena Nair, who's their CHRO and I were chatting at another Future of Work Summit that was uh, sponsored by the, World Economic Forum, and she was sharing how they have taken thousands of their employees through what they call purpose training. And I had a chance to look at their leadership competencies and values that core to their culture. And one of the things that I was so very impressed and inspired by, Kurt, is that there is an element of being and an element of doing that is part of their kind of DNA. The being part, meaning you've got to do your inner work around your own sense of purpose and how you're connected to the ecosystem in which you operate. And I thought that's, that's really bold and powerful. So you're not just impacting, you're not going out there doing it yourself, but that you're impacting a whole generation of leaders inside of your organization to embody that.
1: No, I think you're exactly right. And what we've seen and the template that they set is one that many firms are trying to achieve and execute upon. And what we have found is that the firms that are most successful in this regard are organizations that truly believe in the commercial relevance of embracing sustainability. If you try to force it on an employee population and say, It's the right thing to do, just do it and stop asking questions. You're not going to succeed. They need to see how embracing sustainable metrics and embedding sustainable principles into their day to day business and the overall corporate strategy is going to result in corporate outperformance, increased revenue generation, increased remuneration for these individuals, right? So once organizations move beyond, oh, it's the right thing to do, just do it. And they say, we're all going to be more successful and we're all going to make more money. Isn't this Mm -hmm. great? So the organizations that have been most successful are the ones that emphasize the commercial relevance and the commercial outperformance that comes hand in hand with embracing a sustainable mindset and embedding a sustainable culture.
0: Yeah, and the commercial... Success is obviously key to sustaining the organization, right? Like, you, you don't want to be going out of business pursuing sustainable strategies. So, one thing that I'm curious about—you, I imagine—you are working uh, with a lot of organizations and boards around embedding sustainable leadership in, within them. What are some of the biggest enablers? What are some of the first few steps that uh, they should be taking in order to make sure that that is something that is truly embedded and it's not just talked about?
1: For an organization to effectively drive the transformation required to integrate sustainability into both business strategy and business operations, first, you have to embed it in the leadership culture. So the question is, as you've said, how do you do that? Well, there are a couple of ways that we have found. we really found about four key drivers of embedding sustainability into your leadership culture. Number one is who do you select to be in the talent pool for rising star next generation leaders within your organization, right? So when you're identifying high performers within the organization and you're placing those individuals into increasing areas of responsibility, increasing levels of seniority. Are you incorporating their sustainable mindset and their sustainability track record of transformation into that selection criteria? Because mm. who you select to be in the pool of talent that's being considered for higher and higher roles in the organization. So you have to be putting people into that talent pool into that selection process, who exhibit a sustainable mindset and a track record of sustainable transformation. Number two, succession planning. You have to embed conversations about sustainable leadership potential into your succession management framework and succession planning. So when you're identifying the next CEO, the next CFO, CHRO, the next board director, when you are putting that succession plan together and you're benchmarking both internal candidates as well as external candidates, you have to incorporate sustainability. The third dimension is, is pretty simple, reward these individuals. You know, you, you, As we all know, you get what you pay for. And if you financially incentivize your senior executive team, to integrate sustainability into their business line or into the overall business or into the corporate strategy, you're going to get it, If you make that a metric of evaluation and remuneration, you will achieve what you're looking to achieve. So reward these individuals who exhibit these leadership tendencies. And then the last piece is development. And you said, Hannah, at the very beginning, We have to grow these people right we have to to mentor these people we have to develop these people the organization needs to mentor and develop that and flex that muscle within the individual so that as they progress into higher and higher echelons of the organization they are being mentored and developed into a more sustainable business leader Mm -hmm. so it's who you select how your succession plan plays out how you reward these individuals and how you mentor and develop these individuals, those are the four keys of embedding sustainability into your leadership culture.
0: Hmm. And Kurt, in your work with organizations, are you finding that many organizations are refining their leadership competency model? Are they refining that to include some of these sustainable mindset characteristics, the four that you spoke about earlier?
1: It's a work in progress, I would say. But for better or for worse, 2020, as we all know, has been a very challenging year for pretty much everyone. And what defined a successful leader in 2019 is not what defined a successful leader in 2020 and is unlikely to define a successful leader for the decade of action, right? The mm-hmm. decade of disruption, yeah. as happening. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we understand the culture now and the dimensions now versus what's gonna be required in the future in terms of aspirational culture, aspirational leadership. And as boards really are defining what that future proofing looks like and that aspirational future leadership looks like, increasingly we are seeing sustainability be a core dimension of that. Because the definition of sustainability is long-term success. Like, why wouldn't you want to have a sustainable mindset in the next generation of leaders, right? So it's it makes sense commercially, but having been hit with three simultaneous global crises this year, right? The global pandemic of COVID, the racial injustice taking place around the world, and, you know, accelerating climate change all at once, All of these things are causing every organization, nonprofit, for-profit, governmental, NGO, to rethink its corporate strategy. Where are we going to be in five years? Are we going to be in existence in five years? And we better think about how the next generation of leadership is going to get us there.
0: Mm. I'm curious where you said it's a work in progress. So I'm curious, I don't know if there's any research that you've done around whether it's board composition or senior CEO composition of of these organizations, to get a sense of what percentage of, of organizations have the kind of boards and leadership that would qualify in your mind as sustainable mindset leadership.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot of data out there around this. And unfortunately, none of it is good. There was a study that came out at the end of last year that was conducted by the UN Global Compact in partnership with Accenture. And what we found or what they found was that there's a pretty significant gap between rhetoric and reality, right? If you think back to Davos, the beginning of the year, it seems like it was a lifetime ago, but remember Davos, the beginning of this year, and every CEO was pounding the table about how they're going to reduce carbon emissions and all of that. But it's easy to say it's hard to do. Yeah. So what the UN Global Compact and Accenture found was that while almost all CEOs believe that sustainability will be critical to the success of their business, very few are actually integrating it into their operations. So the data was 92% of CEOs surveyed by the UN Global Compact and Accenture believe that integration of sustainability is critical to the future success of their organization 92% however only 48% were actually doing that right so mm. less than half gap. yeah were actually doing it and only 21% of these CEOs believe that business was playing a critical role in achieving the SDGs
0: Yeah. And so what is your message to board members? You know, as you think about this gap that exists, what are the one or two or three things that are really critical for board members to steward the company toward in order for this kind of gap to be reduced?
1: Yeah, great question. And so we feel strongly that going forward, board composition and board effectiveness will have to be incorporating a sustainability dimension to, to both of those elements. We are already getting outreach from our clients to recruit board directors who have exhibited Mm. uh, this exact sustainable transformation in a corporate context, individuals who have led an ESG implementation into their organization To be on the board. So in the same way that every board has to have digital expertise, Mm -hmm. every board has to have financial and audit expertise, every board has to have diversity, we think going forward and it's happening now, every board will have to have a sustainability mindset and executives who have demonstrated a track record of sustainable transformation.
0: Hmm. And so from your perspective, if for those leaders that are not yet on boards that are listening to this podcast, what are some ways for them to grow their own, what I would call SQ, sustainability quotient? I don't know if you've created that language, but it's it's about how do they get grow their sustainability intelligence?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if they're a next generation board director and they're just beginning to think about that next phase of their life and their career. And I'm sure that as they position themselves for any board director opportunity, they're going to talk about some level of transformation that they undertook, Mm -hmm. whether it was an audit or whether it was in technology or in operations or revenue or business development or strategy. At some point in their career, if they're going to be a credible director, they had to transform something somewhere. So when they think about how they've transformed areas of business that they've been responsible for. Think about how they applied sustainability or ESG metrics or things like that into that transformation. They don't need to have called it that, right? They don't because most of the firms that are you know now hiring global heads of ESG and chief sustainability officers, most of them were already doing a number of these things. Mm-hmm. They just weren't calling it ESG or they weren't calling it sustainability. They were calling it smart business. So. Highlight in your own track record how your experience within transformation has been driven by what we would now refer to as sustainable metrics, ESG principles, things like that. So position yourself in your resume or in your board bio as being a transformational and sustainable business leader. So weaving that sustainability theme into your public profile can do wonders for your own career.
0: So, final question, Kurt, um, and this is a little bit more personal. One of the questions I have is what makes this area personally interesting and exciting to you? The area of sustainability, is there a, a legacy that you have in mind for yourself?
1: Well, you know, I think it's not only for myself, but for our firm, quite frankly, it is a very interesting time. What makes it so exciting for me today, for our firm today, is that if you think about it, Russell Reynolds Associates, people may or may not know our firm. We're a big global executive search firm. We've been around for over 50 years. Hannah, as you mentioned, we have 46 offices in 26 countries around the world. Right. So we are a big global search and advisory firm, one of the biggest in the world. And our job every day is to recruit CEOs and C-suite leaders and board directors to our big global clients. So if we, as a primary global search firm, decide that a sustainable mindset is a required competency for any candidate to be a credible candidate for a CEO role or a C-suite role or a board director role, we can literally change the way the world is led, and we can help the world achieve these 17 SDGs by 2030. It's a pretty powerful thing, and that is very exciting, both personally and professionally.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm seeing you um, smile. So there's so much conviction in what you're saying. I, it's too bad that we're, we're not doing this over video, right? I would love for our listeners to be able to see the level of conviction you have in that area. But what an inspiring thought changed the way the world is led. Kurt, it was a pleasure having you on my podcast. Thank you for sharing your message. And I'm sure that this is something that's going to inspire all of our listeners.
1: Great. Well, thank you for having me, Hannah.
0: Thanks for listening. This is your host, Hannah Anand. Please rate, comment, and share our podcasts with those you care about. Be the leader who helps others grow and thrive in times of disruption. You can visit our website at www.transformleaders.tv. There, you'll find other great tools to grow your leadership and be a force for good in these times. Until the next time, my friends.